Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. And creating beyond calculation, beyond politics, beyond the big two. Welcome, Silverliners, to the wonderful world of Wednesday Wham. I'm your host, Dean Zachary, and we're joined tonight by our core away team of professionals. We have Barbara J. Kaleberg, the Empress of the Inks. We have Rob Davis, the Paragon of Pencils, the Superior Skeptic. Aaron Humphreys, who made it just in the nick of time. <laughs> and one of the Wizards of Wordplay, Rory Boyle, uh, is with us tonight. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about giant monster mayhem. All those lovable giants that uh, some of us grew up watching at uh, the Creature Feature. Everything from King Kong, Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan... Uh, Mighty Zero, Joe Young, Mighty Joe Young, all the way down to the comic book stuff like Fin Fang Foom, um, which is always it's a crazy name, but it sticks in your head. But there's also the kaiju that are very oh, popular yeah. now, especially with Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Two, which I didn't see. You guys have to update me on whether that was good or not. But uh, so, without further ado, we're gonna start with tales of working on a giant monster comic book from barb who actually got to work on godzilla for dark horse so tell us about that barb when uh when and how did that happen what era are we talking about and uh what was the story if you if you remember and the creative team to hear all that. <laughs> You're, oh my God. It was back in the 90s, and the creative team escapes me right now, which is horrible. Okay. Wow. I, I realize that. But uh, it, it was eventually um, collected into a graphic novel. So there were several teams working on it. I did one issue, and it was so much fun because... I mean, I mean, who doesn't want to work on Godzilla, right? I know, right? And there was... So, there were, I mean, there ink a lot of miniature like city scenes and and ships and tanks and armies and was it you know what i mean the scale is so different when you work well well yeah it is and it, and it actually it makes it easier because uh close-ups in the cities uh require lots of detail work whereas you get yeah. the size of of uh godzilla and then you're just shrinking all that and it's just basically all dots and, and lines um <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fun thing about doing godzilla though is that uh, it, it's so organic. He's got a lot of plates, a lot yeah. of scales and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And it, and it's just basically, uh, you just go. You don't have to worry about ruling a line or, mm-hmm. or you're just throwing ink, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, what about the, uh, the breath weapon was a color hold. I take it, right? Like you did that on another layer. Or you yeah. Indicated? Well, it was, in some of it, it was a, they did it on the other end because I mean this is the age of nine, um, yeah, of uh, four color separation. Well, no, no, it was I think it was computer coloring, so they could do oh, it. On okay, it, it, oh, I good. didn't have to. Well, that's red, good. Yeah, I didn't have to redline it like back in the back awesome. in the day. I awesome. think you have a, a a page you want to throw up. I do indeed have a page, and I I don't want to throw up. I, I want to share the page though. Uh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Check yes. it out, y'all. 
check it out. Uh, Very gorgeous. Awesome wow. Godzilla. I love that the, the the face and expression. What I always loved about Godzilla was it almost he almost has a lion face. Don't yes, think, Barb. Yes. And, well, and, yeah, I uh, think so. God and, looks so cool. And I mean, he they gave him eyebrows. Have you noticed that? Yes, they gave yeah. him eyebrows so that he could show oh, surprise, yes. anger, bewilderment. You know. Yeah, I know. He can emote. I mean, uh, you know, a giant <laughs> dragon from under the ocean can emote. That's just, right. That's and well, the thing is, he's not only just a, a, an offshoot of a dragon. He's an offshoot of a dinosaur slash dragon Correct. slash sea monster. So Correct. you you're kind yeah. of mixing three different cultures here, where you've got dragons, you've got dinosaurs, you've got sea monsters, and it's all rolled up into this scaly package that that everybody seems to. And the thing is. Uh, audiences like Godzilla. They mm-hmm. they emphasize with Godzilla because he's been wronged and he's been he's a creature that's that's been created from the the hubris of man. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. They've like Swamp Thing, yeah. 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 And so he's he's suffering because of humankind. And mm-hmm. it's not his fault. And, and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, people kind of empathize with him, and he becomes their hero, an anti-hero. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me the uh, empathizing with the giant monster that's you know ro- ro- roaring through the city, <laughs> destroying everything. But again, it's it's beautifully written because what you got is is like a tragic hero. It's it's almost like a a rabid dog that you know it's not it's not their <laughs> fault, you know. Um, and Cujo, and again, Cujo of the Cujo, Sea, right? Cujo <laughs> of the Sea. Um, it's interesting too. The parallel. Uh, many years before Godzilla, there was King Kong, and uh, the fascinating appeal of King Kong for me, besides the cool uh, stop motion animation, which then was all the rage in the mid twentieth century with uh, Ray Harryhausen's films and Sinbad movies and so on, and we got to see a lot of uh, ancient mythology brought to life from lots of different cultures through stop motion way before, you know, CG effects. But back to King Kong, one of the appeals of King Kong was, again, uh, it was a cautionary tale, uh, man versus nature. Uh, you know, man mistreats nature, nature bites back. Um, yes. And bringing Kong uh, to New York City and putting him sort of in a circus situation where he's oogled like a freak. Uh, and then he breaks out, wreaks havoc. And then, you know, they shoot him off the Empire State Building and it's real tragic. Uh, all the versions are well done. To me, the, the one that really captured the pathos of Kong, the sadness of Kong's uh, destiny to be killed, uh, was the last one with Peter Jackson. They they really amped up the emotion and the connection mm-hmm. between the leading lady and, and Kong. Um, and you, you get that almost that uh, a lot of people don't know this movie, but some of you made the old yeller feeling of, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. like my pet dog that we had to put down. You know, it's, it's like that. No, we don't want to hurt him really, but you know, what else are we going to do? We're going to, you know, you know, tranquilize him, him, try right. to send him back. Or, we can't let know, him run free. So, yeah. you know, this is something yeah. we don't want to do, but we're going to be forced to euthanize him. Right, right. And so 
the sort of the sadness of that, you know, they really amped that up in, in the last one, but it still had the cool factor. And uh, mm-hmm. Jackson spent so much time on Skull Island, uh, in some people's opinions, too much time with, you know, dinosaur, uh, you know, stampedes and, and giant bug attacks and uh, all sorts of crazy uh, things like that. But then when we finally, oh, I remember, I didn't even remember the vampire bat attacks till I watched it again recently, but he, he fights a bunch of giant vampire bats too. But um, at any rate, um, wow, rock on, man, rock on. Uh, Aaron, what about you, my friend? I know you're a fan of uh, Japanese anime, which includes some kaiju stories. One might even argue that even, all kaiju even, stories come from a uh, uh, come uh, giant monsters. Almost all of them are from Japan, even Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I think the only yeah, one mm-hmm. that's non-Japanese is King Kong. King Kong, right? Right. Yeah, all the other ones come from Japan. So. Even the giant robot storylines that we've talked about before, one might argue that part of the appeal is similar to the appeal of the giant monster. Because, again, some of these giant mechs that these characters get yeah. into, even they become uh, monsters in their in their own way. Uh, what do you think is appealing? Uh, and why do you think crowds still show up at giant monster movies like you know pacific rim is a, is a recent example yeah pacific rim which was a love letter to like godzilla and all of them mm-hmm. um, uh i don't know i think it's just a spectacle of somebody destroying something that you know uh it's it's so big i mean you're having something <clears throat> it's the same thing of like natural disaster movies that uh, roland emmerich used to do Yes, a tornado yes. plane, but you have a monster. It's just the idea. People like the idea of mass destruction, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Godzilla <laughs> was really was really born from World War Two. I mean, uh, so much mm-hmm. of his yes. stuff is mm-hmm. tied yes. to that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Idea right. of uh, mankind's of fear of nuclear uh, destruction. Yeah. yeah, like nuclear. What what does nuclear fallout do to nature, and how does it mutate and twist and corrupt? nature and yeah. then how does nature fight back um did you uh have a favorite as a, as a kid watching these things i liked uh, I, like i said i i liked the godzilla mm-hmm. one of my favorites and i can here let me uh yeah feel free share, to share. Some, some images yeah absolutely man okay so what... these these are kind of out of order but okay. I remember as a kid, this was one of my, <clears throat> and maybe this is stretching the idea of, of giant monster, but it technically is mm-hmm. a giant monster. Um, oh, the Centrati. Okay. And these guys are 50 feet tall. Okay. So this is a reference. You can see a human by the foot. Oh, wow. That's them, okay. And that's how big. Uh, this okay. is my series called uh, Verbal Tech, uh, Matt Cross in Japan. But it was I just the idea. That mm-hmm. you have giant monsters invading a city, but what if they were a complete military unit? Like they have oh, like yeah. a million ships in their fleet. They have mecha and armaments and guns, and not just rampage. And these guys are organized. <laughs> and uh, it was a reason in Robotech why they their planes transformed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they you couldn't fight these guys. I mean, you were like no bigger than their foot. And so that's what was so cool in the series. Every watching Robotech again is like these little, they call them Micronians, which is humans, mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. uh, when they encounter these guys, they encounter them in uh, in their planes, which are transformed into giant robots. But it's just, the, and the thing is so cool about it is like they're actually in the middle of the city and using skyscrapers as cover. So <laughs> imagine like cool. making like a firefight, wow. put it on the scale of like using skyscrapers and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. this is what's cool. just so cool about the idea. And the Centradi in the series were bred for war. They were a genetically engineered race that were bred for war and they're so good at it. Um, and there's more to the story, but it was just because you would, I mean, the whole story starts out with a giant alien spaceship crash landing on Earth, and then humans decide to band together to study this thing, and over 10 years, they study and develop this technology called robotechnology based on the mm-hmm. energy source and technology in the spaceship. And as a researcher, they realize that there's an alien force that may come looking for this, and they, and they discover this in Trotty through the research of the ship. And so they're like, well, we're going to transform our planes just to make sure. And so this is kind of like the big surprise when the Centrati do eventually invade to try to get their ship back. Um, people are like, well, these planes are transforming. It's like, well, yeah, that's how we're fighting them hand to hand. So <laughs> I mean, it was such a, it took the giant monster concept and, and took it, it up like, a notch. Took it yeah. up a notch. Well, like these yeah. guys are organized or whatever. And I always thought that was such a cool idea as a kid. Just like, sure. like, well, what if you went to Gulliver's Island and you know you had the the huge giant? And what if these people had like developed huge robots to fight you? They, they did yeah. it Pacific Rim, which was you know same idea, but instead mm-hmm. of, again, instead of giant monsters, they tried to organize military personnel with like giant robots and stuff of their own. So right. it just like was this huge right. uh, stuff. The other one. Again, is Evangelion. Uh, yes. These are not, yeah. not robots. Absolutely. Uh, they're not robots. They're giant hu- humanoids mm-hmm. engineered uh, from Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, well, Adam, and then there's Lilith. And if you know the Jewish folklore, Lilith. That's absolutely, yeah. 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 And so basically what they are is they develop these huge humanoid beasts and they mm-hmm. control them by this armor. They put all this armor on them to control them. That's why, like, they when they get loose, mm-hmm. they just tear apart the Rampage. city. And yeah. the thing that was yeah. so <clears throat> amazing to me about Evangelion, the scale, and this was more seen in, in the remake of the movies they did in the cartoon, was um, the fact that <laughs> since they bleed, this is another one of my favorite images. I really like I found this one. Oh, online. cool. Oh, and wow. Then, and then I did a picture of uh, Godzilla a while ago. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's another one of Unit. So the the thing that was so interesting that took me by surprise at Evangelion is one scene where they're – because they're fighting angels. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole kind of mystery what the angels are. When the angels explode, like one of them explode, uh, they have blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. They show a scene of an entire tidal wave of blood just destroying oh. the city and drowning. Yeah. Wow! Okay. And it's wow. it's one of those scales where you're like, you're like, oh my god! I mean, if you're talking in the movie, there's one where one of the units basically starts tearing apart another one of the units, like tearing his arms off, like basically disemboweling him and tearing his head off. And like, I remember him just like. Like punching this thing's head in, and the eyeballs and blood just go scout. And they show buildings, <laughs> and the buildings just being awash with blood and giant eyeballs rolling down the street. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, and you're like, it's a gore fest. It's a it's gore like fest, but on a scale Rainey. that you can't imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's like so. Sam I was Rainey just like, movie on, on yeah, giants, wow. right? The Evil Dead wow. with giants. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And it was just like when I saw yeah. it on that scale, I'm like, well, that's 
no, more horrific than I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, like the scale yeah. what they're doing. So yeah, even Gellion took because it, it, even Gellion was a uh, uh, took the giant monster genre, and that mm-hmm. that's what he originally mm-hmm. ran with, did his own thing. With yeah, it. but yeah. he just like, what if you add gore? And I'm like, oh, that completely that, changed the entire scope. That of changes that. the whole song. <laughs> of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to. I want to also get to. Uh, other takes before we come back to the second part, which we're going to talk about applying the giant monsters into stories that we're working on now. And if that would even work, um, Rob, what about you? Tell us some of your favorites as a kid and why they were, and what was the appeal of these giant beings to you? Well, I I can't remember the names of the movies. I probably should have looked them up beforehand, but there's one. I probably it's, I think it's tarantula. Oh yeah, remember that movie? It starts out as a regular sized tarantula and then they do sure. some sort of treatment to it and it ends up uh, eating cattle and, and <laughs> you know, doing you guys... stuff like Is that scary or what? <laughs> that was scary. You see the movie uh, Eight-Legged Freaks? Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. That was yeah, a comedy. Yeah. I, I, I really love good that comedy. movie. But back to Tarantula, Rob, I think it was yet another toxic spill. It was an unintentional toxic spill, I think. Right. And, and, you know, it was in the, in the desert Southwest and this created the giant spider thing. They did a similar one, if you recall, with an Allosaurus and it was called a Valley of the Guanji. I don't know if you remember that. That that was going to be the next thing I mentioned. Those are the two that I actually saw in the theater. Okay. Uh, the others okay. I saw on have seen since then on uh, on television. You know, like uh-huh. either Swinguli or or yeah. uh, you know, uh, when I was younger, when I was a, still a kid. Uh, on yeah. That, that it, ours were I think were on Sunday afternoons. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and I didn't see a whole lot of these. I I I don't know that I've ever seen King Kong all the way through. I've wow. seen bits and pieces over the years, but I've never seen the original I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, the, right. the yeah, the black and white motion one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. the first first King Kong I saw was Dino De Laurentiis' piece of crap uh, <laughs> King Kong version. I mean, it was it, it was kind of it was kind of yeah. interesting, but you know they tried to play up the fact that he had a giant robot that they were using to make Kong, and it's only on screen for like ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. and the rest of it is Rick, Rick uh, 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 stuntman Rick Baker. That, yeah, that, in a costume. Do it. In a costume, yeah. the rest of the movie, and you're going, "That's not a freaking robot," you know. So yeah, uh, but and then Rob's uh, like, "I've seen a robot. I know what a robot yeah, looks like. I That's not a robot. a robot. I know. I watched Forbidden Planet. <laughs> I watched is, Lost in Space. I know. What uh, yeah, which is <laughs> yeah." Yeah, I I never cared for Lost in Space. I was a, yeah, I was always I a Star Trek fan, right? But yeah, but anyway, those are the those are the ones I remember. And there's a, there's probably a there, there was a whole series of those kind of movies where mm-hmm. they had giant creatures of one type or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. that and but I remember the tarantula one. I had I was very young when I first saw it. I had nightmares about spiders oh, yeah. for weeks afterwards. You know, arachnophobia. I mean, yes, yeah. 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 we're talking. Yeah, the first the first spider they show was as big as your hand, and then of course it grew forty feet tall or whatever. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, even just even the original one, the original size was that was scary. And mm-hmm. uh, at that those at that time they were always talking about well they're they're poisonous. Well, it, we we know now they're not. 
they, mm-hmm. they do bite, but it doesn't really have a poison in it. But uh, at that scale, I, is poison really the, the your biggest? Uh, well, yeah, the poison we have to crush me in half, right? It doesn't matter. And yeah. I seem to remember, I don't know if it was Mighty Joe Young or Conga that yeah. I saw in the theater at the at, around that yeah. same time, but I, I don't know which one it is. I think it's Conga, which is okay. uh, which is kind of a, a, a in between. Mighty Joe Young and King Kong, yeah. mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. that was and and then the Valley of Guanji, which was yeah. the first one of those I saw. It was actually in color. Uh, yes, it others, was. Others were in black and white. It, it was really impressive, but the 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 stop motion was fascinating to that, watch, and the way they the way they incorporated it with the with the live action absolutely. was really interesting. That, the appeal for me, uh, you know, uh, was that stop motion. effect effective the power of making that look like these clay models were interacting with the actors and it was rear projection primarily but they did just a fantastic job of match of color grading it and matching it so Mm -hmm. that it looked like you know the cowboys were literally roping a giant you know allosaurus (laughs) and it was kind of the, the pre the precursor to uh Jurassic Park, you know, it was yes. the early like, what if dinosaurs were still around? And you know, there were there were. We just uh, saw the we just saw the latest one. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. Was it, was it was it okay? Was it was it? Yeah. Uh, was it, yeah. it was I heard good. it was kind of. Yeah. It was good, yeah. but it was it couldn't match the last few. It was kind mm. of a okay. We kind of went out with a whimper instead of a bang. Funny mm. uh, Jurassic Park. That all the dinosaurs are natural living animals, and they they spend all their time like basically hunting humans. And I'm like, what time have you seen like a bear or tiger? Because I live up in like cougar country, we don't see cougars mm-hmm. hunt. Well, there's other types of cougars, uh, but yeah. we don't. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> but we don't. But you don't see cougars hunting humans, and like they don't even come into the city. So I always thought it was weird that like the dinosaurs not only are hunting humans, but actively hunting like. This is some like an animal. They would just be hunting each other. They probably I don't know. It's I mean it you gotta have dinosaurs chasing people. It'd but be a boring sure. movie if they. It would be a boring movie. movie. <laughs> there was a lot of fan service in it. Let's put yeah. it that way. A lot way. of fans. Sure. A lot of fans. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's, the that's la- why it's they the made it. One. Right. It's yeah, the last yeah, one. They're gonna go out with a, you know. Gotta go with a bang. Hopefully, but it's always sounds like there's a whimper, right? Just like Superman's really did, right? It's the last movie, right? Sure, sure is. What about you, Rory? Talk to us, my friend. Uh, oh. You're younger than, than most of us here, so I'm sure there'll be some more uh, unique influences and inspirations. Sure. So, growing up, my siblings and I always watched the Sci-Fi Channel before it got like revamped. So it was back when you could like get in halfway through a movie, and you if you missed the first half of the movie, you had no idea what was going on. Uh-huh. It was just whatever <laughs> random movies they were showing, MSDK right. and all that, all the B sure. movies. Oh yeah. But uh, Godzilla was definitely number one. Absolutely. I even had the, uh, for Christmas, my parents got me the uh, the little animatronic one that would oh. walk in and scream, and it was cool. Uh, as I got older, though, and I got in, like Aaron said, with the, uh, the anime stuff, and I, when I found Neon Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. that, that just mm-hmm. changed the whole monster genre. Mm-hmm. And anything with, like, mm-hmm. that deep philosophy or a theological twist always piques my interest. Always piques your interest. Just to see what they do with it. 
Well, I'm curious, too, as to your taste regarding uh, something like Transformers. Some people mm-hmm. might argue that those giant robots are also giant monsters in their own way um, because they are sentient and they do right. have their own agenda. Alien. Um, a little more sci-fi. What did you think of Transformers? I had no connection to no. them. That was way after my childhood. Yeah, so I was born in 87. And okay. so my brother had like the original, he was nine, ten years older than me, so he had like the original Transformers experience. When I started watching it, they were doing the Beast Wars thing. It was all okay. CG. and yeah. So that didn't really do it for me. It was, it was interesting. But I like the I like the Transformers that transformed into vehicles. That was, okay. I never got the animal ones. I, I, I never understood it. I, I never, I mean, I know a lot of people, and I guess the new movie's doing the Beast Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. I, 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 I know a lot of people really <laughs> like them, but it yeah, just... I didn't think they were that good. Like, I love Voltron, the idea. Well, Voltron did it. Like, yeah, they Voltron were like mechanical lions, but these are supposed yeah. to look like flesh and blood lions. And I don't, I just didn't, nah, I didn't like, what? Know. You really what? have to yeah, suspend disbelief. Well, that's yeah. silly. <laughs> it's definitely for the kids. Oh, like, yeah. That is silly. I um, think there's always been some of a, a, a huge fascination for children. Yes. For, for these, mm-hmm. I mean, my son was rabid for Godzilla from, mm-hmm. from a very young age, and obviously, as you can tell from all my props here, <laughs> I love that. Actually, That's so cool. I love this, that. This is a like big guy. Yes. Look, and, wow. Look at that. These were actually gifts to my son when he was young. And this was back when the camcorders were these big, massive things oh, stuck yeah. on your shoulders. Oh, and yeah. you, put a, you put a regular VHS tape in it. And you could <laughs> yeah. do stop motion with these things. And my kids really? would set up these huge Hot Wheels cities. And, and, and they, <laughs> they dragged the, uh, the, the Ghostbuster uh, houses or buildings out and everything like that. And then they would stop motion this guy mm-hmm. going through it. And it looked Fantastic. And they spent more hours doing that than I could even count because it was fascinating to them. The whole stop motion monster making their own movie would keep them yeah. occupied for hours and hours. I mean, it was great because I had deadlines to meet, you know, so they'd be up here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here, kids, go do this for a while. Yeah. yeah. But That's I think awesome. it, it speaks, the big monsters speak to something in, in childlike in all yeah, of us. It's larger than life. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dinosaurs and, and, are the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember I mean, being I, a kid. I got all too. <laughs> I'm sure that you, yeah, and I'm sure that you guys learned about the dinosaurs. You know, as a kid, one of the first things I memorized was, you know, okay, that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. That's a Triceratops. That, you know what I mean? And I yeah, knew just in case you came across stuff. them, you knew what you were in for. It was bizarre. <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, but again, I think. I think it has something to do with the psychology. You know, as a child, you're mm-hmm. small and basically powerless. So you can live out a lot of power fantasies or, or doing things through these creatures. I think one reason the Hulk is so popular among younger mm-hmm. uh, readers is that same idea that, you know, I, I'm angry at my brother or sister or my mom and dad or my whoever at school. Mm-hmm. And, and if I could just become the Hulk and I'll show them, you know, it's that sort of surrogate for anger and expression that's you know probably Inter- that, that's an interesting take because i would have thought the exact opposite because with the original tv show it was all about controlling your your emotional outburst yeah right right well that's the message but as mm-hmm. a child not 
thinking so deeply about it. Yeah. It's more just living out the power fantasy at an earlier age. You know, Godzilla then becomes, you know, your other hero, whether it's yeah. Superman or whoever. Trust uh, or me, the trust kaiju. Me, I, have, I have an almost four-year-old grandson, and his favorite thing to do with all these things is to smash them together. <laughs> yes. Smash. That's awesome. I think with Godzilla, when I was young, it was the first time I realized that companies just like rehash ideas to get as much money out of it when they came out with Mecha, when they back in the yeah. old films. Oh, yeah. Mecha. Mecha like, mm-hmm. give the guy a break. Quit bringing him back. Yeah. <laughs> Mecha oh, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, there it yep. is. Um, so, Barb, do you have any more pages you can find and share with I us? Don't, that, I don't. Okay. Right okay. Now. I just I was hoping you did. Uh, but that's no no matter. I wanted to take us a little bit into a, an unexpected world here and talk about giant monsters in terms of epic fantasy. There's something about the epic fantasy where we automatically accept giant monsters such as dragons, cave tr- cave trolls, obviously Balrog. dragons, Balrog. Balrog. Balrogs, you know, demons from the ancient world, that sort of thing. Um, giant spiders and in lo- in giant the spiders, <laughs> right? How horrible was that for all of us who were? Right? I was like watching yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, um, when when we have, I think it has a lot to do with the childlike fairy tale nature of epic fantasy. Um, that again, in fairy tales, anything goes. So giant monsters are no big deal. Um, who are some of your most memorable? epic fantasy giant monsters and then we'll go to then we'll go to comics but barb what about you like from the epic fantasy uh, literary world comic world movie world doesn't matter uh, lord of the rings i was yeah. it was totally lord of the rings i mean they had dragons they had huge giant eagles and mm-hmm. the orcs were scary the the uh, nazgul they're, yes they're huge mm. on their, on oh, their monster man. horses yeah and, and yeah. i think a lot of it comes down to the old um, David and Goliath syndrome, where yes. there are these massive, scary things, and yet humans can prevail against them. Yes. You know, they can yes. either through cunning uh, or strength or a combination of both, we can overcome our fears, which in this regard is 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 very physical fears. These huge monsters, we can mm-hmm. we can prevail and overcome. That's an interesting take on the appeal and uh we'll we'll explore that a little more when we start talking about applying these these creatures to our stories but it it, the larger the villain right then Mm -hmm. the more heroic the uh win or victory over that villain um one thing i love about yes about lord of the rings was and i'm sure you did too was the twist he threw in even when he wrote these which was right uh after world war ii Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last one was written in the early 50s, but uh, Return of the King. Um, Eowyn's victory over the King of the Nazgul because she she's a woman. woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's foretold. He actually brags because he doesn't know yet. And mm-hmm. he says, and this is right out of the book, no man can kill me, right? And she takes off the helm and says, I am I no am man. No man. Whack. Yes. Right. So... That whole, you know, even the little, you know, that, that's such a nice little riddle and trick that he, he used, again, taken from the uh, Western European 
traditions of riddles and rules that you can work your way around uh, to win something that seems impossible to win. Uh, what about uh, what about you, Rob? Any favorite epic fantasy um, monsters? Well, I, I I always like that that the scene in the Fellowship of the Ring where mm. they're, they're trying to they're running from the Balrog, <coughs> and Gandalf turns and plants his staff and yells, "You shall not pass." That, when I read it in the when I read it in the book, it was the scene in that book that stuck with me. Wow. That, that that one lone man against this gigantic, fire-breathing, uh, mm-hmm. made of fire creature. David and Goliath. Is, is, mm-hmm. And he's yeah. he's gonna he's standing on that bridge, and plants that staff, and essentially mm-hmm. tells that sob he ain't getting past. He's <laughs> not getting you past him. And right, then he tells right. everybody else, "Run, fools, <laughs> run!" You know? Yeah, that's it. Did Peter yeah. Jackson do right by him? And yet he <laughs> he stops and turns and faces it. So yeah, that that uh, that whole bit—that's that David David and Goliath thing. And uh, uh, and then so essentially gets pulled up. into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the most to me. That's the most powerful scene in the whole in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything a, else was yeah was was lower than that in, in my secondary. Yeah, man. Um, that when you saw the movie, did it, when you saw the movie, did uh, Peter Jackson do right by you? Did he? Was that scene? He where, did. He did. Lived and, up to uh, your expectations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It did. I'm going. Oh, here we come. Here we come. <laughs> and then, you know, and then the way they shot it and everything was just, you know, perfect. And in fact, back in, in the day when I read the book, I actually stopped after that after I read that scene and and painted it in oh. dayglow colors so oh. that it would, so that in black light it would glow. Yeah. Oh, the, how the, cool the is that? would glow. So oh, that was awesome. that was so that that was a lot of fun as as well. But yeah, that scene just really uh, grabbed me. So and the rest of the book was a slog after that. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's not <laughs> the easiest to read. No, no, it is not. It is not. <laughs> it, it does drag. It feels like a long, long journey. Well, uh, the thing is, and it gets and it gets more and more somber, and and the yeah. skies get darker, and it yeah. just yeah. before the end, you're going, God, please, you know, take yeah. me out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> just kill One, me. <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes though along the lines of that tone is at the end of Jackson's version uh with the two towers and uh Frodo feels that and uh, he just basically is ready to is what what are yes. we fighting for Sam mm-hmm. and Sam says uh Sam that there that lecture, is yeah. some some good in the world and it's worth <laughs> fighting for and i thought you know that really they did a great job the screenwriters did a great job distilling mm-hmm. all that difficult writing into just a few lines and the hope that it was worth fighting for and that it was going to be okay in the and, end. And, and the fact that this was written right after World War II is very absolutely. Silly. Yeah, absolutely. And yet he claims he, that it did not inspire him. Yeah. It, it, he wasn't yeah. writing about it. Yeah, baloney. How can you live through that and not have <laughs> it, it subconsciously yeah. in your head? <laughs> yep. It exactly. was there. Exactly. Well, I mean, Jared Tolkien started in World War One. 
You guys he know served that. in World War One, correct? Yeah, yeah most correct. of most of Lord of the Rings is based on the experiences in World War One. That's Especially where all Frodo's. the like, yeah. the Frodo Frodo walking through Mordor, and when mm-hmm. um, basically when that's the, no man's land. The yeah. line that's delivered yeah. that he says, you know, one simply doesn't walk into Mordor. The very yeah. air is a poison. Must that's all that's, based on yeah. no man's land. Uh, yeah, that's based with, on World with the War chemical one. warfare and all that. Yeah, 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 all that, yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he was, and I think he was more inspired not by World War Two, but more inspired by his own experiences in World War One. Yeah. yeah, and of course, the from afar, he lived, he lived, he lived through, through two World Wars. Yeah. Yeah. He lived through two World Wars. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I can guarantee you that the uh, Stukas dive bombing Britain. Probably inspired some Nazgul that looked, you know, yeah. a lot yeah. like those aircraft. Um, but that being said, you know, that story is full of giant monsters. And again, mm-hmm. it speaks to what Barb observed earlier that the David and Goliath idea, you know, the greater the threat and the banding together of all these people, just regular people. people. And the, and the uh, you know, the ultimate message of, of Lord of the Rings uh Part of it is the idea that the smallest person can make a difference. Uh, and and yeah. that sort of that theme of if we all just join together to fight this larger evil, that we can overcome it. And so it was a, me- it was a message of hope there. But using the giant monsters was a great way mm-hmm. to help that along. Uh, Rory, did, did it live up to your uh, expectations, the Balrog scene. Oh, did yeah. you read it before, or had you seen the anime? I, I read it. Before? I read it after I saw the animated series that we discussed in a, in a uh, episode yeah. earlier Previous on. Episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My grandmother made me read The Hobbit like three or four times, and <laughs> so I had the background, right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, That's my grandma sister way. and I would go see like opening day Lord of the Rings, and once awesome. once I had seen them all, I went back and read the books, and man, that first one is. That that is marching through Mordor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a slog. It is, it yeah. is a slog. Uh, but just a little note here: uh, a lot has been written about the creation of the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons, and right. yeah. there are some scholars uh, who keep up with these sort of pop culture mm-hmm. creations that say that it was very much the Moria sequence in Lord of the Rings that inspired Gary Gygax mm-hmm. and his team to create the original Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, the idea of a fellowship of adventurers having to go underground through a dangerous mine mm-hmm. or any kind of labyrinth mm-hmm. idea and mm-hmm. survive and uh, making them stick <laughs> with uh, not just rolls of the dice for their fate, but also you know, they had to carry their supplies and all of that. It very much mirrors the yeah, Tolkien experience epic. through Moria. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. What about you, Aaron? Talk to us, man. Epic fantasies uh, that are some hmm. of your favorite giant monsters. I'm trying uh, to think of any giant. I know probably more of my epic fantasies are going to come from video games growing up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I was a, you know, a big fan of Shadow of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Rory probably knows this one. They re-released uh, that like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, a couple of years ago they did. And the whole the whole premise of the game is you're you're bringing. I think it's like his his girlfriend or his wife. They never really explained mm-hmm. to this temple, and she's dead or a comatose or something. They never quite explain. Mm-hmm. And you're there's a there's a voice that tells you if you go basically kill these 
12 giant colossi of creatures mm-hmm. that you're resurrector. And there's, mm-hmm. there's like more to it than that. Uh, but the whole game is literally going, you're this little dude and you're literally going and climbing up these giant, like literally climbing up these giant colossi and killing them and stabbing them in the head. And each one is a puzzle you have to figure out. It's fantastic. Um, as far as like giant creatures, that's probably um, some of my favorite ones. Um, I'm trying to think of fantasy. I mean, like, how big are we talking? Are we talking like Godzilla size, or just it doesn't like, matter. Just larger, yeah. larger than human. Uh, it can be 25 feet tall. It can be 100 feet tall. I really uh, like the uh, the um, rock biters and the never ending story. Mm. I thought they were cool. That's that's an interesting yeah. reference. I'm yeah. glad you brought that in. Yeah, um, that was yeah. one of my favorite ones as far as like giant. And giant I mean, and after that was a movie uh, aimed at children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. I mean, the original, I thought, I'm not the original book, I'm not sure was. The guy who wrote the book re- hated the movie so much, he told him to take his name off the movie. <laughs> Disowned it. Spectral Skull <laughs> I, says, I tried no to man read the book, woman yeah. born feel like hit heart, feel like it hard to make back. Beth. It yeah. did indeed. It absolutely. did. That's a good observation. And he also says, he asks, Gandalf is like a demigod, right? I mean, he is a Mayai and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. actually uh, also called an Istari, which is a race of angelic-like guardians like from the yeah. earlier ages of Middle-earth sent to guard. His particular jurisdiction right. was guarding the hobbits and the Shire, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a highly powered individual uh, himself. So is uh, Saruman. Uh, and uh, Radagast, who yep. was brought into yeah. uh, the uh, Hobbit a little more. Um, I throw I'm certainly liking, um, I don't know if they're creatures, but I'm, I've am i been uh, replaying uh, Rise and Zero Dawn. I don't know if you guys know. I haven't played it yet, but I've, somebody said I was like it. What's, yeah. what's uh, this one? So Rise and <laughs> Zero Dawn is basically your, you play as this girl alloy in the future. Okay. And uh, like there's all these mechanical, yeah. And but there's all the you're in a natural world, but all the animals are robotic dinosaurs and robotic giant robotic, like it was like T Rex, and then they yeah. had bison or whatever. And you got to figure out how to hunt these things down. You can look, I think they're making a TV series out of it now. I think they're oh, okay. Doing. okay. They is that similar, the second one? Is second that similar game. to there? There was a movie called that was popular a few years ago. You guys probably know about this more uh, Attack on Titan. Attack on that... Titan. That is a Jap. That's based on on a, a manga, Japanese anime, manga. and then they made okay. a live action movie. And it's uh, giant humans, right? It's giant. Uh, yeah, I finally. I was always wondering what the secret was. My friend finally told me like what the big secret was about it. I'm like, oh, no, that's deep. I don't like that. I have my own theories <laughs> why they were doing it. And I've I've been that way in movies. Like, there's been movies where I like you you'll you'll bring about a premise. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if it's that. And then if it's something else, like, no, that's deep. I don't like that. So. I... <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, yeah, the Attack on Titan was, um, and it was cool because they would use these sort of like rope, sort of harnesses that would like almost like these, like a Spiderman. They shoot from the hips, like mm-hmm. these spikes, and they spike in the buildings, and then they would like propel them in through the air so they can fight these giant things through the air. Uh, it, was, it was a really cool huh. concept. I started watching yeah. the anime, and I, I I got through season one, I think, and I didn't finish mm-hmm. it. Um, but very in, and the humans. It's just like this walled city of like I think is there the humans are like Germanic or something. And they look completely fantasy, but then you have these giant humanoid titans climb over the wall and they just have these huge grins and smiles. They're very creepy looking. It's very. And I think there's even looking. some with like no skin. 
It's you know really what it reminded weird. me. Yeah, it's really odd. You know what it reminded yeah. me of? I don't know if any of you guys saw this recent movie. I think it was last summer that came out, The Green Knight, which is kind of an art. Oh film. yeah, I did. Yeah. I did want to see that. I, I never got. A there's chance a to. probably doesn't there's hold a, up the story. There's a no, it doesn't. But there's a very odd sequence in it where they use Celtic giants, very similar to yeah. what you're describing with Attack on Titan, where they're they're just giant humans and they look they look like spectral ghostly things and they're not explained he just sees them in a mm. vision and they make very eerie sounds yeah. and it gives the it gives the whole mm. story just its own odd unsettling atmosphere very similar to spirited away when you see Ooh, a giant yeah. a oh, forest yeah. creature that's a giant oh, yeah. or something uh, but uh, a fan of lovecraft as far as fantasy yes I like yes mm-hmm. that was the other yeah, lovecraft thing. Is good. um yeah. lovecraft the old ones some good giant yeah. the old ones good good uh uh, outer space creatures coming to destroy the earth from another dimension. Right. Well, you know, we don't even have to go into, you know, Marvel because Dr. Strange, but even yeah. the, you know, he's always guarding against Lovecraftian style beings that are going to come right. through another doorway. Like and destroy the big us. octopus in the new movie. I can't remember the name of that. I character. haven't seen it, but Ooh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to see it now that it's streaming. Um, but, you know, here's the other thing. Even the spandex superhero crowd, is fighting giant monsters. Think about it. Yeah, the Avengers, they're, yeah, yeah, and they're, the they're fighting giant yeah. monsters in the movie in the JLA, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you know, the Thor even, movies. Yes. Yeah, they're giants. They're larger than than life. So this brings me full circle around to as comic book creators as we're writing our stories. Um, Obviously, if you've got a realistic based story, you know, it's going to be hard to to bring in a giant like that. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it out to everybody because I want everybody's take on this pro and con. Like, Barb, would you ever consider bringing a giant monster into divinity? Why or why not? And if you couldn't do it conventionally, could you do it in a dream sequence or something like that? You're muted. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> um, I would never have a physical monster. Um, mm-hmm. A dream sequence is a is a is a unique idea, and it could probably uh, be something to do with the id. Because if you really look at, at divinity, it's very mm-hmm. metaphorical. That divinity is this little girl, and she's going up about this huge cabal. So you can see we've got a, a David and Goliath thing going on there with the cabal. She could absolutely have a dream where she's going up against a huge monster that would represent in her yeah. subconscious that the evil cabal. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I do have a metaphorical large monster in Divinity. Oh, good. Good. Hopefully, yeah, that's a tease for what's coming down the road. Because I've been lucky enough to read issue three, and it, it's Ooh. not in that one. So, yes, yes, because it's going to do a cover for me. And yes, I'm excited. I've already got one in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. It's, yeah, so it's cool. one of three artists I've lined up. I'm not going to release the other two names, but they're pretty <clears throat> awesome. Yes, they are. I'm in, I'm in very good company. Uh, Rob, what about you? Would you bring a giant monster into the story you're working on that you're creating? Um, uh, well, I'm not the writer of the of the book I'm working on. It's uh, the 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 comic I'm working on right now is the Boston Bombers. That's uh, right. I you think, were telling me about. That. I think the uh, the monsters in that are are uh, 
are political in nature. They're metaphorical right. rather than, than an actual big monster. But it's a, yeah, it's an organization that uh, that it's essentially the Roman Empire. Oh, okay. And, That's, and, yeah. it, that has lasted into the 21st, oh, 20th century. And that could be a giant, uh, it, giant monster. And, sure. and this guy who's trying to, it's become, uh, it's become quote unquote domesticated. And this guy who uh, he kills off the uh, the emperor and takes over as the new emperor and wants to take it back to its uh, to closer to its uh, you know more more destructive and, and uh, fascist origins. That whole thing, yeah. Well, that's interesting because yeah. even in was it in, in Revelation, the uh, the beasts were considered the uh, Roman emperors. Yes, yes. That's one of the yeah. interpretations. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. The, the 666 stood for, mm -hmm. I think it was Nero. Nero. Some people yep. have said was, Some people was the have, actual yeah, beast of... that they meant by doing 666. Mm -hmm. yeah. In numerology, I think his number comes comes to 666. So, but... That's that's a whole other that's a whole other kind of kind of monster well, we're talking. Yeah, that's talking a different monster now. Uh, but yeah, but monster, would you but... do a creature? Would you want to do it? Let's say it this way: if you're not writing it, would you want to draw a comic that had like giant creatures in it? Would that be something uh, I, you want to do? Never, I've never had the opportunity. It would be kind of fun to do, I would think, uh, yes. especially if it's because I like Barb was mentioning about the organic uh, stuff on on uh, Godzilla. That's mm -hmm. that's a lot more fun, a lot more fun to draw yes, than, take, than getting out your ruler and making all these straight lines, <laughs> and like yeah. she was talking about. It's like if if uh, if the the first few pages of of the Boston Bombers is out on the savanna in uh, in Africa, and everything's organic, so I don't you know just slinging I, down and, ink, yeah, and it, so <laughs> you can and exactly you can just kind of. You could do shapes like that, and it works. You know, mm -hmm. for the for the tall grass, you just go a little bit, and there it is. So you so you would enjoy. Lines. Oh yeah, you just said you would enjoy drawing like a King Kong comic book, probably. I, I, yeah, I would. I would. Uh, I, I, I doing a lot of research to to draw uh, apes would be a mm -hmm. lot of fun. I determined this is a Planet of the Apes. I know no. ape fur. <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, that's wow. a little different because they're humanoid. They're more humanoid in shape. An actual, mm -hmm. an actual gorilla has very short legs yes. and very long arms. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they, they, their gait is completely different. Yeah, like King fun. Kong wasn't, wasn't a true gorilla. He was uh, kind of a cross. He was more humanoid than, than uh, a true gorilla is. He didn't have that huge... Uh, forehead true, that, uh, that most like gorillas had. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it didn't have like a, a silverback. Silver yeah, it was, it was yeah, a little was, bit. He was almost chimpanzee-like, almost he had more human features. I think that was done purposely to make yeah. him uh, make him more Relatable. appealing to the audience. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely it, it was. It's, yeah. it's yeah. easier to uh, to imagine yourself as King Kong if he's not so so not that ugly. I mean, he's ugly. Yeah. He's not. And he's not to the point of alien ugly. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what about you, Rory? Would you consider bringing a giant <laughs> monster into, for example, Steam Patriots as the writer? I'm gonna say yes, and because Scott <laughs> and I are usually of one mind, he would probably also feel there was a place for it because we're so steampunk. Mm -hmm. I can have two schools of thought on it. That mm -hmm. we would make some giant machination. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that would be one thing. Oh. 
The, that the other one really fun. Yeah. I just have I have one word for you. Yeah. Kraken. Yes. Uh, That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So that might be that might be another comic I'm working on with uh, the Steam yes, Patriots. Indeed. Uh, indeed. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good so, idea, good idea. Steampunk monster. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. No, but expand a little bit on, so you'd want to make it along the lines of the steampunk idea of a clockwork, a giant yeah. yep. mechanical creature. Okay. Yep. With maybe multiple people running around up inside, you know, going up and down yes. ladders, making everything move, you know. An animated oh, wow. Trojan horse. Yeah. And I can yeah. see it, like, traipsing through the, the shore, you know, destroying British ships along the way or something, or making cool it a, a means of transportation, you know, and war. But my second thought was, just like every culture has dragon myths, almost every mm-hmm. culture also has giant myths. So the Native yes. Americans had giant myths. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and I always love the the picture of like the sleeping giant that just looks like a hill. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, people like, forget it's there until it wakes up. I like that too. I don't know That's if that, that would work in as well. That might be a little too supernatural, but yeah, I think it, well, the world it could on work. the back of a turtle. Yeah, yeah, the world on the back yeah. of a turtle. And we, no one's mentioned. You know, we brought up Lord of the Rings and mentioned almost all the giant creatures, but I consider Treebeard. A giant. Oh yeah, he's not necessarily a monster, but you yeah. know, he's oh, I was gonna, giant I was gonna say, uh, growing up, like my dad's side is very Irish, mom's side is Slavic, and I love okay. like folk tales and all the old stories. So mm-hmm. all the Irish stuff, like Celtic, Brythonic, is so tied to Nordic, yes. and then the Slavic is so close to like the Polish and the Germanic and the Nordic. Mm-hmm. It all kind of comes together. When I read Beowulf, man, when I, as a kid, that just like lit up my world. That did it for you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you, man. It's like when I read Jason and the Argonauts, man. I was mm-hmm. all there, you know, the Hydra. And what was the uh, what was the one movie with they they battled that statue of Achilles and they had like the drain on the back of his heel or something? Oh yeah. Oh, that's same fantastic. vein as think... same vein as Clash of the Titans. Yes, yes. It was probably a Harryhausen. That was yeah. probably a Harryhausen movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I used to love watching Harry Howes movies. Oh yeah, Those are full yeah. skeletons, the skeletons, and the uh, the giant uh, statues that would come to life. Mm-hmm. And then as they got more advanced and cheesier than they just cheesier giant- than you could possibly believe, you had like you know Patrick Wayne starring as as oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> You know, bad. Had a big <laughs> octopus there. Yep, twenty thousand fathoms. A giant like a lion and a centaur. I was like, thought, man, that's yeah. cool. Who was the one with the giant uh, monitor lizard? Oh, that was they... the first one. Twenty million miles to Earth. Seven. Oh, are you talking about a Sinbad, Sinbad movie? I don't that, remember. I think were that they, was the first Sinbad they did, movie. Yeah, they, they the just 50s. had a, a picture of a monitor lizard. Yeah, and it, and it was a monitor for, lizard. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they oh, had little yeah, people yeah. in front of it, so it was just it was superimposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make the monitor lizard look like it was as big as a twenty-story building. Very cool. Uh, I want to go to Aaron here now. I know that in your stuff, there's all kinds of epic monsters and creatures. And yeah. So you've, you know, you probably had the opportunity because you do the fantasy stuff, so mm-hmm. the sci-fi as well. Um, have you got a story right now that's going to have a giant monster well, in it? Well, I or mean, a giant, <laughs> giant. Uh, Relative to the cast members, um, I guess is Obsolete's going to have a giant. 
But you're not writing that. You're just drawing. No, that, right? no. Th- there's just I've already, I've already done it. Uh-huh. Yeah, there it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I've, I've already Whoa. I've already done the giant monster. <laughs> What's the name of this yeah, creature? The Divine Wrath. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I mean, I I did all the uh, the That's fighting. Cool. Yeah. And how did they bring down the the wrath, the divine wrath? How did they? Oh, uh, or I did can't, they? I can't tell you that. That's you don't want to give that away. Do you? That's a major <laughs> crux of my book, kids. It's a book. it's a minor kind of a major turning point in my story. Okay. Uh, so you all have right. to read it to find out. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. So, right. and it's only in the okay. middle of the story. So we get to this in the middle of the story. Nice. Very so, cool. Talking about Very D&D cool. earlier, I should go yeah. grab my monster manual because there's some genius ideas for, for oh, monsters yeah. in there. Yeah. Incredible, oh, yeah. incredible ideas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what, um, Barb, if you're going to bring one in, uh, is it metaphoric? Can you tell us that? Is it? Does it well, represent... Divinity, I, I, I already talked about divinity, where the Cabal is the metaphorical giant. If right. I had a chance, if I had a chance to do a different comic, I would love, love, love to do uh, a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Oh yeah, Ooh, I'd, be yeah. Right, I'd be right yeah. there. I'm with you. I want to do dragons. I want to do big old ogres. How cool you would know? that be? Right. Be awesome. Yeah. 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 What about uh, what about you, Rob? Do you want to draw dragons? I think we've got a team here that could do like a D and D style book. I would not. Yeah. Mind being the artist on the book Barb wants to do. Yes. Draw, draw, draw the D and D type characters. That we, would be. A you lot guys of know fun. why dragons look like dinosaurs, right? Talk to me, man. Talk to you. You, you didn't know that. They, well, they actually. Where dinosaur thought, didn't come come about until like eighteen something, right? Well, they found dinosaur bones and they thought they were mm-hmm. dragon bones. Mm-hmm. Well, and so the, that's, the whole that's bit kind of, about the cyclops was actually, from what I've read. Someone uh-huh. found a an elephant skull, mm-hmm. oh, and it yeah. had the big and it had the big right. hole for the trunk for the trunk, yeah. and they and thought they, it was they a cyclops. Thought that was yeah. an eye, eye a lot eye of that stuff yeah. came from them finding bones, but that's why the T Rex and, and the dragon look so similar because they would find mm-hmm. remnants of these. Same with the uh, some of the chimera, like the uh, the uh, sphinx things, like with the the lion with the, <laughs> the eagle beak with the lion body and the wings. Yeah, you find sure. The triceratops has a hooked. Beak. It looks the feet look like lion. Like it would be a True. cat, right? Well, yeah. and the thing is, dinosaurs essentially are, are still with us in the yeah. form of birds. Yeah. They, yeah. Some of them had beaks. Sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. There you go. I don't yeah. think they actually started studying dinosaurs, legitimate extinct species, until like the late eighteen hundreds. Correct. Victorian era. Yeah. Most of them, but they kept finding. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they, know, but they kept finding this stuff, and they didn't know what it was. Oh, this is must mm-hmm. be evidence of mythological creatures that exist. Mm-hmm. What so, about? I mean, uh, what about Loch Ness? Is is that? Oh, Ness is really. Yeah. Is, is that a plesiosaur? That just you know it, the, the only thing <laughs> I would say, if it yeah. is a Near plesiosaur, <laughs> you would think they would have some sort of population in there. Like, unless, if there was only one, it would have died years ago. Mm-hmm. If there's more than one, you think we would have seen in other areas. I mean, there would have been right. some population. That's my biggest, like, spawn with some of these, like, cryptoid is, like, you know, even, like, Bigfoot. I mean, I know there's a lot of land and stuff where Bigfoot can exist, but 
you think there would be some sort of population, especially the plesiosaur, like you would see it in other lakes or other areas. I mean, I, I can't imagine it not reproducing to some capacity. And if it's just sure. one, then that's what gets me. I'm like, why aren't we seeing yeah, more? One that lives a long time. Yeah. Well, there's, right. there, it could it could be more than one being perceived as the one. It right? could be. Yeah. It could be the fact it that maybe there, we are seeing more than one and we just yeah. keep thinking it's the same one. Well, but, because you know. the Bigfoot theory <clears throat> is that also that because you have a Sasquatch in the Northwest, you have a skunk ape in the Southeast, mm-hmm. you have the Yeti in the Himalayas and so on. That's uh, all the same what, species. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they're just, they're adapted to their, their landscape and their same environment family, and so on. Genus. Right. Yeah. So the idea there is that's a giant cryptid, as we like to call right. them now, but in my book, it's still a giant monster. Uh, yeah. I mean, is it, is it possible, you think, to have primitive uh, beings like that that are still running around? That haven't Thomas been... Jefferson thought so. Yeah. Oh, really? Right? Um, that's the whole oh, yeah. so the Lewis and Clark expedition, part of the reason he wanted it, because he was dead set that there are still giant monsters in the West. And yep. That was one yeah. of the things well, they had to look for. Yeah, I'm actually writing a story of that, too. I'm doing the Lewis and Clark, but a horror story. Oh, how cool, man. That's yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. We are uh, we were having fun talking yeah, about Brent. giant monsters, Brent. And just to just to catch you up briefly, we uh, we started with our favorites, and everyone shared that. And then we started with, you know... Uh, mythological creatures and why they're important in epic fantasy and uh everything from godzilla to the balrog you know we've talked about but uh i was gonna ask you uh some of the same stuff uh number one what's your favorite uh giant monster from from back in the day um do you have a fave not really (laughs) <laughs> when uh, Kong versus Godzilla came, or Godzilla versus Kong, the movie came out. I was like, uh-huh. I'll see it, but I really don't have a horse in this race. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was okay, but I mean, at the same time, like I loved Pacific Rim. There's just yeah, we talked about, about that too, a yeah. giant robot <laughs> hitting a monster with a ship. I just <laughs> loved it. Something cool about okay. that. So, I'm going to yeah. have to watch it now. I have not seen it. You know, my problem is fun in the old days when it was a guy in a rubber suit walking around a model, I couldn't Mm -hmm. make the leap to, um, to say, Oh, wow, that's a giant monster. I was just Mm -hmm. like, there's a guy with some funky pajamas. And, uh, now, uh, with a special effects being what they are, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what I've been missing. So, (laughs) Were you as uh, fired up, Rob, Rob and I and, and Rory and others, everyone pretty much agreed that when the Balrog showed up in oh, Peter Jackson's man. Fellowship of the Ring, that was one of those wow moments of, yeah, they did it right. You know, did you, did you have that feeling as well? Oh, yeah. Although, have you noticed whenever a giant monster shows up on the scene, the first thing they do is affect a giant roaring pose followed well, by course. a giant roaring roar? It's almost like, ah! I mean, every giant monster, there is. That's why I love the Avengers, because the Hulk was the first one who ever roared back. I love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's very cool. That's a great observation. Mm-hmm. Um, in your story, um, which is more reality-based with uh, science fiction overtones, um, would you consider including a giant monster 
why or why not? Uh, I would if it okay maybe 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 probably not mm-hmm. but maybe uh, maybe the the secret behind Kalis, uh is um, I don't know if it would make sense to do it okay and what about in Cape Town in Cape Town not not really at all <laughs> you wouldn't open a doorway with the tesseract and bring in a lot of giant creatures that look like you know undersea. Well, sea serpents, space whales, space, space whales. I love that in Avengers. They were scary. <laughs> <laughs> the space whales. The Leviathan. Yeah. Going through the yeah, through New yeah, York. going through the city and tearing everything up. I don't know. I feel like Cape Town is. I mean, the whole idea is almost like, what if you could be a superhero? Not because you had powers. I mean, it would be like the real world. But what mm-hmm. if it was kind of acceptable to do it? So the real question would be, how would you feel if like a kaiju showed up on the news? Like, you know, that would be court. awesome. Everybody be thinks awesome. it would be awesome right until a kaiju steps on their house. It's all fun and games. <laughs> yeah. It's all fun and games. Until <laughs> so somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the uh, certainly in the context of the storytelling, it would be visually spectacular. I'd love to love to see, see and, that. And- my yeah. first thought is if something like that ever happened, my son would have to go and fight it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's I just always that. people always say like, "What if that ever happened?" I'm like, "Well, considering our gravity, it would probably just collapse in a pile of mush under its own weight. <laughs> it just kill, it would just die. I don't yeah. think anything is yeah. able to." That's an interesting like point. That. Coming yeah, from a different you dimension. And you weigh, you know, 500 tons and, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't move. And you just, well, I yeah. always thought that was a very clever way to save us from the aliens in the War of the Worlds. They caught with a the cold. viruses with the virus. Yeah, they caught a cold. They caught a cold and died. And they did I mean, the yeah, exact like same thing, only a, only a computer virus in Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, same idea. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that classic story that H.G. Wells wrote, and even in the remake in the past decade and a half or so, really caught that whole idea of they've, they're so superior to us, the technology, the this, the that, but their immune systems can't handle, you know, mm. all the viruses yeah. in the air. And they, they just... like Shyamalan's signs, ah, water. Yeah. That one, that so one come to a planet that's 70% water. For me, it's like. Don't come here. It's 75% yeah. water. What's wrong with you? And there's a really, oh, really good line in, in uh, Jurassic Park. I think it was the original one where. Um, the only good one. Uh, <laughs> Sadly. That they, somebody says, they're so busy say, asking, can we do this? Mm-hmm. Nobody's asking, should we do should this? Should we do Yeah. The cloning the dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's enough. Again, that has. The uh, cautionary tale, uh, similar to Godzilla, really, if you think about Jurassic Park. But Michael Crichton, again, was echoing themes from his previous novels, namely with Jurassic Park, he was echoing Westworld. Um, Mm -hmm. But even even in uh, the uh, Andromeda strain, you know, Mm -hmm. he was always doing this sort of epic, oh, man, we should never have done this. And it just causes havoc. You know, worldwide. In, um, it, I'm not giving any 
huge spoilers away here, but in the in the last uh, Jurassic movie, um, mm-hmm. they they've done that as well when they're messing with locusts and they giant locusts. And again, oh, it's one of Lovely. those it backfires on them. It's one of those we should <laughs> have done this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, this would be cool if they giant. Uh, no, that would not be cool. What could go wrong? Oh, <laughs> what could possibly yeah. go wrong? <laughs> no, right. Yeah, how come they never dinosaurs that like drop candy canes or, you know, like, mm-hmm. or shoot um, cotton candy <clears throat> or people or, you know, like make make rain how come they don't make dinosaurs that make rain they just make dinosaurs that eat depending on where you stand it might make rain (laughs) it might make rain yeah (laughs) depending (laughs) depending what about hey and and really let's talk about this for a moment the abominable snowman and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer right (laughs) did it scare you guys when you were a kid no i loved it nope i loved it too it scared me though when i was remember i wasn't a typical girl i loved all this stuff I thought it was really cool, though. You know, Yukon Cornelius, you know, turned. Yeah, I was just going to say like... that. Yeah. <laughs> my, my buddy tried hey, to convince his wife minute, to name their Rory? first child Yukon Cornelius, and she was you adamantly opposed. Me. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's who Rory looks like. No, no. <laughs> that's it. You just yeah. got you to do, you gotta do a. No. Uh. Every now and then, and it would just. <laughs> it just worked so too? well. <laughs> so, yeah, I think oh. it did. Oh man! Yeah, what a character, man! What a I guess, great character. I, guess, well, I, mean, when, I need the when, hat. Where's the hat? When I was GG. a little girl, and the and the big thing for me was watching the lizard chase Johnny Quest, and then I go to uh, Rudolph, and they <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it was cheesy, right? The lizards and Johnny Quest. Yeah, that brought up a lot. That that was a, what a great the movie Komodo, to be made. The Komodo dragons. Yeah, yeah. 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 Komodo yeah. dragons awesome. and Johnny Quest. And then they, but if then I go remember, to the abominable snowman and Rud- Rudolph, I'm like, <laughs> they had an abominable snowman. They also had a giant id monster, very similar to Forbidden Planet in mm-hmm. Johnny Quest. Mm-hmm. They yes. also yeah. had after the, yeah. the light. Yeah, and the they're. Even their mummy was giant, or was it just? It was bigger respect? than normal. Bigger, yeah, it was tall. I think it, I think the mummy was was larger. Than normal, I, I think they, they wouldn't touch Johnny Quest because of Haji. <laughs> well, yeah, that would, but that could actually, if it was written well, it could be, it, yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, I would love yeah, to see it. Best friends, great. Yeah, I mean, if if you just if you just wrote him as a you know a cool character, man, he's yeah. cool. I mean. Both those boys are just awesome. It, it was one of those things, you know, as a kid. You, and, and Barb, I'm glad you said that you loved all that stuff, even oh, yeah. as a little girl. Because what it tells us is it doesn't matter that there weren't any girls in the original Johnny Quest. You loved it anyway, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you didn't care. Did you freak out and go, man, I wish there were girls in this nope. show? You didn't care. <laughs> Well, it, was didn't awesome. care. it was it was all about the story and the adventure and the excitement and it was the same for lord of the rings i mean how many heroines were there and they added a few in the movie to, to mm-hmm. kind of even it out but there mm-hmm. weren't that many except for eowyn no eowyn and and, and arwen slightly arwen's role is expanded for the film obviously the film. but yeah mm-hmm. yeah it did it did well we brought that up too brent that uh we got sailor moon well, later on yeah, <laughs> epic. We got Sailor Moon. That's right. Epic fantasy is one of those 
uh, worlds, uh, genres, I should say, where giant monsters are just kind of expected. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's an epic fantasy without a few dragons and ogres and orcs and, you know, giant yeah, I, things? I was, I was too wrapped up in the story and the fantasy and the whole imagination of it to to sit there and go, well, I think this is unfair. They should have a woman. I, hmm. It wasn't it wasn't even a, a part of my thinking at that point in my life mm-hmm. i was young i was i was mm-hmm. totally fascinated with the entire concept of dragons and orcs and stuff like that mm-hmm. i wasn't mm-hmm. into the feminism thing at that you know that came mm-hmm. later in life but sure. i i still i i still don't make a huge fuss if if, if it's a, a predominantly male dominated because if it's a good story it's going to override that you know yeah we did have red sonia too mm-hmm. oh, I, she was, I have she was red sonia Absolutely, yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman. I've done a Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Now, hey, there were giant monsters in some of the Wonder Woman stories too, because you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think there were. Uh, you got Greek mythology there, so you got a, a whole. Uh, I've done uh, Elfquest, and that was very balanced with the yeah. male and the female. Has anyone yeah. talked about Cloverfield yet? No, I was gonna. Please. I was gonna bring that up. That was good. Talk about talk about Cloverfield, man. That's my. That's by far my favorite Godzilla movie that didn't yeah. actually star Godzilla. Oh, the whole like <laughs> the world of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, good. that's the one that made the most sense to me because yeah. I mean, there's no mythos, there's no mythology. It's like sudden terrorists have attacked in New York. Oh, wait, but it's not a terrorist. Well, what is it? And everyone's running around going, what's happening? What's happening? That's not yeah. as real as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah really. I like that. And also, they took a page from that approach for War of the Worlds, The you know, where mm-hmm. you really are, are seeing the whole battle through the eyes of the average person just trying to trying to survive. Phil says, mm-hmm. sup, Silverline peeps. Sup, Phil. We're just talking about giant monsters, man, having a great night. Um, so Cloverfield, did you, um, did you like that ending in Cloverfield? I thought that I was did. very terrifying. I thought it was like, good. wow, yeah, scary stuff. That was the best know? part about Cloverfield was in a way it was about, it was a very human story. So from start to finish, mm-hmm. I think that anytime you get away from that in any kind of a movie, you start to mm-hmm. lose, um, any reason to really stick with it. It starts to become interesting, which is the first like four of those now? failure. What? Four, is there four movies in the Cloverfield universe? I think there were just three. What right? were they? What were they? Enlighten us, Brent. Ten Cloverfield Lane was the second one. Yeah. Okay. What, one what, Clo- Cloverfield's what Paradox. Yeah, the third one was the Paradox. Is that the spaceship Ten Cloverfield one? Lane was really interesting because it was a it was a John film Goodman. that wasn't about Cloverfield. It was about a right. girl who uh, was uh, running away from an engagement and then uh, got in a car accident, woke up in a guy's bunker who said, uh, the apocalypse has happened and we have to live down here forever. And it only started to become Cloverfield-like towards the end. Well, like the last 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. Wow. It was good, though. mimicked the whole idea about Cloverfield, which is, that's this is why I feel like, 
they really kind of departed with the third one. And I thought it was such a mistake because the coolest thing about the Cloverfield movies is that it's not about an, Knowing. A, a giant creature attacking. It's about people going, what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And the drama that that creates. And, you know, there's army guys with rocket launchers getting stepped on left and right. And you'd think, Oh, that's really cool. But that's also really noisy. And in the meantime, you've got people going, where's my brother? Where's my brother? He was just right here. And Oh, he's dead. Oh, I got to call my mom, you know? And, and that sounds pedestrian, but really that's where the most gripping scenes. That's where the drama is. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the, the scenes in war of the worlds where, the elder son in the family is just obsessed with joining the fight, wanting to go fight the creatures and the father and the daughter are like, no, just, we've got to find a safe place to, you know, survive. And because again, in that particular case, the giant monsters were the tripods, you know, uh, and you didn't know what they were. And they had that weird sound that was, Mm -hmm. I think the sound designed of that as well as Cloverfield, the sound design made those movies so terrifying too. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, just yeah. Night nightmarish sound. Uh, Phil says, cool deal. I just wrapped colors on a book with giant monsters. Ooh. That's, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, but I think you've hit on Brent that the, the way to successfully integrate giant monsters into our stories, make certain the human interaction with each other in a terrifying cataclysmic apocalyptic situation caused by the giant monsters. That's what's going to sell it. That's what's going to connect it. Did That's anybody watch Rain reader. of Fire? Oh, yes. Matthew McConaughey. Yes. That's a great one. That was a good oh, one. Great. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this, that was bringing dragons into the modern era yeah. and yes. showing what kind of destructions it rained on, on London. And stuff. Oh, that was scary oh, as shit. Yeah. Mm, that was, was good. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, um, I watched it again not too long ago. Does it hold up, Rory? Because it's been years. Gerard Butler was in it too. Gerard Butler. Yeah, Gerard Butler. Gerard. Was in it. I mean, Gerard. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say holds up. The idea of it's still solid, but some of the acting is like yeah, a little over the top. Yeah. yeah they're digging around. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Does he? But wait, yeah. wait. Does he just look at everyone at one point and go, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> <laughs> it's that whole concept of, uh, of in, in our quest to you know be bigger and badder and, and dig deeper than mm-hmm. anybody and to do our technology and and make a bigger city they dig down too deep mm-hmm. and they tap into something they shouldn't have and mm-hmm. they so really, they wake yeah they wake up a dragon <laughs> like don't yeah nice yep. Nice. Release doom upon the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. Special effects wise, uh, what's the most successful giant monster? Uh, you said Cloverfield, Brent. You're sticking with that one. Uh, that was actually done on the cheap, and in okay. the style. Yeah, mm-hmm. like um, it is really hard to conceptually understand what the creature from Cloverfield even looked like. It was, it uh-huh. was like a like a weird bat creature with with a uh, scales and kind of mm-hmm. winged you know and and i it's they never even really gave you a really clear picture of what it looked like so i wouldn't make them scarier one. that way yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. my mine is definitely going to be. I think the Balrog is probably mm-hmm. one of the best realized monsters yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah, Although the giant uh, monsters in uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters are done pretty convincingly. You've got uh, the classics brought back in CG style. So, yeah, Rodan and Mothra and Monster Zero uh, or Ghidra, if you prefer. But those were those are well done. As well, I like the, the mother, modern Godzilla. It's pretty the mother cool. alien in Aliens. Yes. Oh, yeah. All that good. Real effect. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. So. Out. One Very I good. thought of that we hadn't hadn't talked about is uh, okay. A movie. You're not going to bring up my from... mom again, are you, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you no. want me to. <laughs> every 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 stream, man. Every stream you bring every it up. Stream, every stream. <laughs> what uh, is uh... is actually twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Oh, the, giant Ooh, Doug the giant squid. It's yeah. not very well uh, done. Realized in the Disney yeah. version. But the idea of it, it's pretty scary. It you is know? scary. You, you got this that sub that's so deep that it yeah. can, mm-hmm. and they, and the things. The thing is, the things really exist. Yes, <laughs> they do. We found yes. out. Yeah. They found mm-hmm. out that they, they actually do exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty incredible too. But yeah, that, that's one we hadn't covered. That that would be a great opportunity for enterprising creators, comic uh, book uh, creators, but also filmmakers. To return to that world and redo the Captain Nemo story, yeah. Um, yeah, and because that's that's there's a very rich tradition there of not only sort of steampunk effects with the Nautilus itself, right. mm-hmm. but also the sort of lost world idea that was very popular at the turn mm-hmm. of the century. Mm-hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle was writing yeah. about it, mm-hmm. and. Well, well wrote about but, it, of and, and the I sequel, Mysterious Island, Mysterious yeah, Island, it gets yeah. into that sort of thing that sure. that science gone awry, and you giant mm-hmm. bees and yeah. and other for, creatures on the island. I forget what yeah. else is on that one. It's been a long think, time since I've seen that one, but yeah, there's a giant forget, crab on it. How can we forget Tremors? Yep. Oh, oh, man. oh my gosh! <laughs> well, they're, they're, the blue we just keep we're deeper and deeper here. Yeah, yeah, you kept yeah, I know, right? It's, it's that was a fantastic man. And again, so I think Brent uh, uh, solidified what makes the stories compelling, and I think Tremors has that too. It's just not only just the humor of that, but just relating to the people and their reactions to these things. That's what sells it. It's not you can't just always focus on the supernatural elements and keep people interested. You have to focus on the realistic responses of the human beings. And what they would actually do. What I love yeah. about that uh, aspect of good storytelling is when human beings in stories, both comics and film, actually do what people would really do and mm-hmm. it doesn't work, that's when it gets scary. Like mm-hmm. the people yeah. in Cloverfield or the people in the War of the Worlds remake, and they try this or that and it fails horribly. And you're like, gosh, what are they going to do now? That's what I would have done and it didn't work. Right. Rather than the the typical Hollywood approach of walk into the dark room. Hello, is anyone here? Never turn on the light. Hello. Well, the light's always on a a string and you got to go to the center of the room. It's like, like, come on, nobody does that. 
do what they would really do, and then if they get killed, it's even scarier. But they walk into a dark room and go, climb from the top of the water tower. There's a killer in the house. Are, run upstairs. Why <laughs> no, there's a killer? From... Run upstairs to the attic <laughs> and hide. Why do get they get him up? Yeah, yeah, I know. Hit him once with a skillet to stun him and then run. Like, no, yeah. hit him a hundred <laughs> times with a <laughs> hundred times with a skillet, right? Don't just not just once. Oh gosh. Um, well, guys, we're coming to the end of the broadcast, and uh, I want to thank y'all for joining us and sharing all your thoughts about giant monsters. Um, they have I'm a big not, heart. Yeah, you do. You know, and so does Aaron. Godzilla um, says, regardless of the rumor, Godzilla says. <laughs> and as we as we always do at this time, we like to close our broadcast with a classic, and that make, is make mine. Silverline. Silver Silver Good night, everybody. Hi, my name is Sergio Cariello, and make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.